Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NFL. The football season has begun. It was ugly. Hopefully you didn't spend too much time watching it. But they played the game in Canton, Ohio, the Hall of Fame preseason game, and the Steelers won 16-3. There were a couple local guys who looked pretty good. Wasn't half bad. Dalton Schultz got a pass for 15 yards. Expect him to do some stuff for the Cowboys. Jimmy Foco caught a pass for four yards. So, it's not exactly the Utah Cowboys, but, you know, there's a little flavor there. Starting quarterbacks didn't play for either team, so move along. Not much to see here. But Josh Dobbs played for Pittsburgh, and you know why I hate Josh Dobbs? Did he go to high school in Arizona, play well in college, and now he's in the pros and he blew off your Sun Devils? He blew them off, but no, he's from Georgia, and he was an early commit, I think, and or went right down to the end and didn't choose his... He broke my heart, Fredo. There it is. You're not my brother. You're not my quarterback. You're dead to me. (laughs) Cowboys owner and GM Jerry Jones did not say when it would happen, but he made an announcement last night that Jimmy Johnson will be inducted into the team's ring of honor. Johnson will be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this weekend in Canton, Ohio. So Jerry figured, well, if he's going to be in the hall, I guess I have to put him in the ring of honor. Then I'll make an announcement and get some attention. Then later I'll announce the date and get some more attention. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny when Jimmy said, you're going to do it while I'm alive? (laughs) 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 I got a chuckle out of that when he said it. And Troy Aikman obviously was there uh, broadcasting the game, and he was a a big-time endorser of uh, that happening for Jimmy Johnson. You would have thought that it would have happened earlier, I guess, but... If you're going to go in the hall, you probably should be in your team's individual if you don't have some. Some have a hall, some have that ring of honor thing, what we've seen. So you'd think if you go in the Pro Football Hall of Fame that you'd have the individual honor for the team that you're largely going in for. I mean, obviously he coached uh, the Dolphins too, but from the Hall of Fame perspective, it's uh, the accomplishments with the Cowboys. Personalities get sideways. Grudges have to be overcome. Sometimes there's falling outs. It takes a while for, you know... There'd be enough healing or enough public pressure or enough combination of the two. Adrian Danley's number didn't go into the rafters real quick for the Jazz, but they got it up. So, Yeah, I think when we go in, you know, it's going to have to be something where I'm going to have to come to grips with uh, the animosity that I have for you. <laughs> okay. Ring of Honor for radio. I don't see that right around the corner, so I think you'll have some time to work well, on all that no, animosity. The Hall of Fame. There's got to be something out there. I didn't <laughs> think of Ring of Honor. You know, oh, okay. Something. If not, we'll start our own. No, the University of Utah does something for broadcasting. I went up there when Bill Marcroft went in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. A little, when, that uh, little ceremony that some. When Randy Rogers, our former yeah, GM, and, and yeah. uh, Mary Nichols went in. Right. Went yeah, up, we were up for up. that too. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Despite a 20% revenue drop in 2020 due to the coronavirus pandemic, the average value of the 32 NFL franchises is up 
to $3.48 billion, according to Forbes. It's the biggest gain in five years. For the 15th straight year, the Cowboys are the most valuable team at $6.5 billion. So in the short run, they lost money. But the long run picture, because they did sign a broadcast deal for 11 years, it's worth a gazillion dollars. And so that combined with there's billionaires who want to own teams and love the ego play makes them worth even more money. NFL owners win again. How about that? Oh, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, that's a blip of what we had for the one year. But going forward, yeah, in NFL football, I actually thought that in, in a sense that you valued it more because uh, the NFL wasn't specifically taken away from you, but sports were taken away from you. And the NFL has become such a thing to look forward to that it's really just amazing. So to me, this is, a, this is zero surprising. Robert Griffin III has signed a multi-year deal with ESPN to be a college football and NFL analyst. The deal does allow Griffin to seek a playing opportunity if one arises in the NFL. He was really good in college. He started out really good in the pros, but he got flipped upside down and the whiplash on his knee tore ligaments, and he was never the same after that. But he'll probably be pretty good in the booth, I would think. He always seemed like he was a talker, so. Sure. I'll bet he'll be good. DJ and PK. Hashtag BYU. My general feel from, from practice just coming out, off of it is that uh, I really like how the players work during the offseason. And uh, they took care of themselves, got themselves ready. I mean, you can see that they look like they're in shape and they run well. And uh, I kind of like the way that they perform with the PRPs. Things are a lot cleaner than I've seen, but still have a lot of work to do, a lot more install, a lot of things to go with offensively, defensively, special teams. I was, I was really pleased with day one practice. So Kalani prefaced his remarks by basically apologizing for uh, being a cliche monger. I'm going to tell you guys the stuff we always say now. Got to watch the film. and <laughs> That was nice. Any surprises out of this, PK? Or they are who you thought they were, at least on day one? Well, day one, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you come out and say, man, we really struggled after day one, that just sets the tone <laughs> that is so ugly. I don't know that any coach in the history of any sport – Day one, particularly with this situation in college football with the acclimation stuff where you've got to go through uh, a few days before you can put the shoulder pads on and allow tackling, allow hitting, blah, 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 all that stuff. So you would suspect that uh, this is this is essentially uh, a continuation of what they've been doing on their own. And, you know, Aaron Roderick, listening to him talk about uh, next week, they'll have the installation of the offense. So... Uh, everybody takes it slow. I remember when Majerus, they played one of those, they used to play those practice games with like, you know, athletes in action or something. Mm-hmm. And they had an, uh, they had the ball, they had to inbound it with the game on the line or set. And he said after the game, he said, we have gotten nowhere close to working on inbounds plays under our own baskets. I just drew something up on a sheet of paper real quick. You know, because it's a gradual thing here. It's the same thing in football here. Although, you know, they don't have a whole lot of time, but uh, I would suspect that uh, by the end of the second week that you're in full gear, but obviously we're not there yet. So all eyes are on the quarterback battle, just like they are at Utah. It's a little more intriguing here since BYU's talking about three guys as opposed to two. Uh, I wonder, though, and I put that up on Facebook. Yep. You think the coaches know. we got Robbie Bosco coming up at the bottom of the hour. And he's been a quarterback in quarterback battles. And he's been a coach 
with quarterback battles that he had to help decide. Do they do they have an idea? Because in my mind, I think they do have an idea. Uh, we have several responses. I was impressed with the quality of responses. Everybody seemed to put aside a lot of the the nonsense and the going for the cheap laughs. And I think a lot of hit, a lot of people hit on things that are just really true of quarterback battles. And I largely agree with you. Uh, Aaron Roderick said his timeline for picking a starting quarterback midway through training camp remains his plan. We'll run this by Robbie Bosco at 7:30. He'll be with us in 20 minutes. The PK they know they just make the guys do it. But they got a pretty good idea 80-90% of the time how this is going to play out. I think sometimes kids really do take strides and get better or a kid who they think is going to do it and you go out and throw two or three practice or two or three picks practice after practice after practice they're not going to give you the job. That might be what happened up on the hill. We didn't get to see it and they don't want to embarrass the kid by saying much, but you can read between the lines. They 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 brought in a transfer. They thought he was going to start, but when they put him in practice he didn't do it, so he went with the other guy. Well, I think la- if you're talking about last year, yes, last year, uh, Cam Rising was exceptionally accurate. I think he won the job. DJ and PK. Hashtag College Football. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey has agreed to a contract extension that will keep him with the conference through 2026. The extension comes on the heels of Sankey overseeing the addition of Texas and Oklahoma. SEC's a 16-team super conference. He got his bounty. He's a bounty hunter. He brought in Oklahoma, Texas, and he brought him in alive. And he got his just reward. But yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it? Florida Gators will spend at least part of their training camp in a hotel as Coach Dan Mullen searches for ways to avoid another COVID-19 outbreak within the program. Mullen said the Gators are probably over the 85% vaccination threshold required by the SEC, but he didn't have an exact number. When I hear probably over, coaches who are really detail-oriented, uh, yeah, he left himself an out from not being over. I immediately doubted that. Over what? Over the 85, oh, we're probably over the 85% vaccination threshold. No, you're a coach, you're detail-oriented, you're all over everything. You know whether you're over or not. We're probably over. That means you're not. But you handle the vaccination rate going forward because I'm going to handle what's not going to happen out on the field. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Salt Lake City Summer League wraps up tonight. Another doubleheader featuring the Grizzlies taking on the Spurs at 5. The Utah Jazz blue team facing the white team at 7. Games are on KJS 14 and NBA TV. You can listen to it with Scotty G on the call right here on the Zone Sports Network. You got any takeaways from the uh, the Summer League? You got a couple guys you like? Well, for sure, yeah. The, 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 the guys that we expect to from the Jazz perspective, but this is just a a little snapshot you know then they go down to vegas how many games do they play down there there's more teams obviously and so this is a continuation let's see what as can do because there's an opportunity there you know last year was a screwy year for him and they had a, a severe ankle injury because it seemed like he was out for weeks and months mm-hmm. uh, and he's got a massive body we know that what can he do so that's number one he was their number one draft pick right so I'm looking for that. Uh, Bryant was a number two draft pick. So what can he do? I mean, they drafted these guys for reasons. 
And then obviously you've got somebody like a Trent Forrest to see what he can continue. Uh, so I don't want to make a judgment based on a couple of ball games in Salt Lake. I'm not even sure I want to make a judgment based on the entire summer league. But there's a bunch, there's some more games to play, and you have to. Uh, I think it's our obligation because of our jobs to follow their progress. But fans want to do it because they're fans of the team too, and I am to an extent, and so I want to follow it that way for a couple of reasons. So yeah, I don't. I don't go crazy, but I also don't blow it off either because I don't think it should be blown off. I mean, it's important to see what these guys can do. What's their commitment to being in shape and all this type of stuff? And this is their time. You know, this really is their time because when the season starts, well, it's time to try to win a title and it's time for the team rather than individuals to focus on because who really cares what the score is now? You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. And it'll be interesting to see if uh, these guys can, as if we gave, you know, battle Hassan Whiteside for playing time as a backup. Right. I think the answer to that is no, but it goes back to what we were just saying about the quarterbacks. Just because you think you know how it's going to play out, you have to allow for one guy who really doesn't deliver or one guy who delivers at a much higher level. And, you know, things start clicking and they take the big jump forward. And we've all heard coaches drop all those cliches, but it happens sometimes. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is. I can't say. You said that you think the answer is no, and I don't have a problem with that. But in my mind, as I try to evaluate, I don't know yet what the answer is. I want to see some more evidence before I can come to a conclusion. We'll, we'll watch preseason games, too. Well, they haven't announced that schedule yet, but we, we all pay attention to that. Right. Because this is the time. It's like last night for these younger guys that got in for the NFL with Pittsburgh and Dallas. So, you know, I watched some of that game just to see if what the heck and it's football i hadn't seen football in a while so i did turn i watched a lot of olympics last night going for the gold with the uh, ladies in beach volleyball yeah big time i did watch that so uh, let's see what they can do uh, i'm i have a sense of well i don't know if curiosity is the word but maybe it's it's a soft curiosity well, there are surprises. They brought in Green and Davis a couple of years ago, and those didn't work out. And, you know, we were 10, 15, 20 games into the regular season, and it started becoming very clear. Well, that's not working out. So, you know, they made a trade, made made some changes in the rotation. So everything's always up for grabs. You, you have to do it no matter what the expectations are. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. USA Basketball takes on France tonight, 8.30, gold medal game in Tokyo. Hey, no more behind-the-paywall stuff. Be on free TV. How about that? I think they're going to put it on NBC, on the main. Why would they? Are you kidding? I was going to say of all the (laughs) events. Because because there's some track or gymnastic event, because that's mostly what we're swimming. Those are the three sports they give us most of the time. So I don't think you're going to have to go chasing it down on a cable channel. Well, I'm not expecting it. I mean, I, if I have to chase it down, I will. I told my wife was asking about tonight. We're going to go over some friends earlier in the evening, and I said sure, but I want to be home by 8:30 because I want to watch this game. Free agent swingman Kelly Oubre Jr. has reportedly agreed to a two-year deal worth 25 million dollars to join the Charlotte Hornets. Spent last season with the Golden State Warriors. He's got a lot of talent. PK is he going to break out? Hmm. Yeah. It's, Charlotte's a good place to go because it's off the radar, and you know the kid's 25 years old. What's this? Is is this his fourth team now? Was it Washington, Phoenix, the Warriors, and now the Charlotte Hornets? 
Something's going on there, you know? 25 years old, that's moving around a lot. Yeah. Charlotte was uh, six games under 500, 10th in the East. Hayward wasn't playing at the end of the year. We knew they'd have some money to use, and so they've used it. See how many teams they can catch. Masai Ujiri, the architect of the Raptors 2019 NBA title team, has agreed to a significant new deal to become vice chairman and president of the franchise. His previous title was president. And I don't vice always, chairman. I don't always get how they pile these titles on. I mean, was Emperor not available? Here, here's more money. Take I've always title. thought the title Sultan sounded cool, but I don't know Sultan. what you have to do to get that. And you might want to just settle for Emperor or vice chairman. Well, for me, as a writer, I've always been a junior writer. We've been over this. <laughs> I think we're going to go over it one more time. I've never been a senior writer. There and it I, is. And honestly, in, in terms of self-evaluation, I don't think I deserve to be a senior writer. A senior reporter, junior writer. How about that? <laughs> oh, no. If we're going to just highlight my writing skills, it would be freshman. DJ PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. PK, I know there's been a lot of talk about launch angles, but did you see Joey Gallo hit his first home run as a member of the Yankees? Beat the Mariners 5-3. That was a moonshot and a massive uppercut. It went over LaGuardia a couple (laughs) of planes. He's squinting up into the sky trying to see it as it goes into lunar orbit. And comes screaming up back for to almost Earth. seven seconds. I was up there forever. He hit it so high. a towering fly ball. I thought John Vicenda was going to uh, announce it. It was like one of those things of passing football, where you see the ball floating in the air, so super slow motion. Bum, yeah, bum, bum, yeah. Bum, and, bum, the, bum, and the guys bum. talking through it. That that was funny. Yeah, and then Gallo was brought in to hit home runs. He's a Vegas kid. He played. I think he played some ball with Chris Bryant and Bryce Harper. Good grief, he hit that ball a long way up in the air. And it turned out it got over the wall by about three or four feet. Which made it all the more exciting. Yep. Because it was in doubt. You know, a lot oh, of these yes, shots, absolutely. they're never in doubt. No, oh, no, it was absolutely in doubt. No doubt about that. The Giants got shut out for eight innings and then put four on the board in the ninth to force extra innings, and they beat the Diamondbacks 5-4. The bullpen giving it away. That was uh, some Merrill Kelly. Strong start, but couldn't seal the deal. And the well, Giants as I've always it. said, man, you have 31 outs, and it's up to you. <laughs> you have 30 outs. It's up to you. What do you do with those 30 outs? Giants pick up a half game on the Dodgers and the Padres who uh, who weren't playing. Uh, Braves sweep the Cardinals. 8-4. to four. 18 base runners on just seven hits. It's a walk party. Holy cow. Somebody throw a strike already. Bo Bichette, that's a fun name. I don't uh, particularly need to report on the game. I just want to say Bo Bichette. He homered and drove in three runs. In a 3 nothing win for the Jays over the Indians. Bo Bichette, one last time. Yeah, he's Dante Bichette's son. Yep. They have those three guys of sons on the, on the I was going to say Raptors, but uh, they're not the Raptors. They're the, the Blue Jays. Jays. <laughs> uh, so he's a small dude, but he packs some power. Bees lost a season opener in Vegas, 7-5. They'll take on the Aviators again tonight at 8 o'clock. Coverage begins at 7.50 here on the Zone Sports Network. Hashtag RSL. RSL in Portland tonight. Face the Timbers. Three games in eight days, but 
Both teams had to play midweek, so that would be fatigue there. This is a stretch of six games in 22 days. They are really coming fast and furious for RSL. They've only taken five points in the first five games. Not enough. And this is uh, seventh place RSL, eighth place Portland, separated by one point in the battle for the last playoff berth. You can start watching the stand-ins. It's halfway through the season. This is actually exactly halfway through the season. So see what RSL can do on the road, seeing the Timbers tonight. Uh, tomorrow night, excuse me, 8.30 on KMYU, the KSL TV app, and ESPN+. Plus. Big game on turf, PK. Last year was 4-4, so I don't imagine we'll have that many goals again. All right. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Robbie Bosco. Former BYU quarterback, the undefeated 84 champs, BYU Varsity Club director. He joins us next. Dustin Smith, quarterback elite co-founder, coach, and now the Spanish Fork High School head coach is going to join us coming up at 830. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. I remember one time a good friend of mine and I went to the grocery store and he started throwing things over the aisle to me. And I had to catch it. A can of beans flies over it. I caught it. Then he threw a glass container of syrup. <laughs> if I hadn't caught it, uh, it would have been clean up in aisle five. That was a long setup for that joke. That wasn't a joke. That was a long setup for If I would have missed it, it would have been <clears throat> clean up. <laughs> no. Aisle five. No, that, that wasn't even the Then the, the CSI Miami theme starts. <laughs> <laughs> If I hadn't caught it, I would have been clean up in aisle five. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you by Homie. Finally, the way real estate should be. Full service, local agents, and you'll save thousands. Homie, a better way to sell. Question of the day. Are there really quarterback competitions at Utah and BYU, or do the coaches know who the starters are? Scott says, I think behind closed doors, they're almost nearly positive who's going to win it most of the time. But by not stating it outright, it pushes players to up their game and creates a healthy competition and development. Scott thinks they know. Well, almost nearly positive. That that's a definitive, sort of an oxymoron in a sense, but almost nearly positive. Uh, but that's a strong evaluation of that. Are, are are they to that level? Almost nearly positive. I mean, that doesn't leave a whole lot of room for wiggle room. Brian says, "I think the coaches have a pretty good idea going in, but occasionally someone surprises them with their performance in camp." I think Brian's onto something. See, I think too. It is also not just this, not just spring, or excuse me, not just training camp in August, but they've got reports on the summer, mm-hmm. and they also have the prior spring. In mm-hmm. most cases, I mean, the one time you know last year they didn't have it, but this most recent spring there was a spring practice. So, and everything is filmed. If you've ever been to a college practice, they're filmed from at least three, if not four. Up in the up in the sky, where they go up there and 
and film everything. So There's always a camera in the end zone behind the goalposts. Yeah. There is always a camera along the sideline where coaches would be sitting in a press box. Always. Yeah, yeah. And there's at least three, uh, if not four. Uh, and so they've got film on literally everything. Every single practice is filmed, and it's reviewed uh, ad nauseum. So they've got so much data. Now, it's not real game data, but it is data that they use to a large degree on how they make these decisions. A guy who's been on both ends of this debate, once as a player and then again later as a coach multiple times, Robbie Bosco joins us now, BYU's national championship quarterback. And now, Robbie, have you got a new title? No. Oh, really? (laughs) I mean, it's been the same title for like the last 17 years. Okay, so fine. Been, it's, yeah, it's all the same. They, they made people call me different things all the time anyway, so that's probably <laughs> what it is. Okay. So you're now doing uh, development work. So you're not yeah. in the coaches' meetings. You're not in the grind. So now you can come clean. When there's a quarterback <laughs> battle, how much do yeah. coaches know? And how much is it is is it coach speak, like we're going to make these guys compete and make them get better? Or how much of it is, hey, we pretty much know, but I'm not going to gift this thing to you, even though I'm pretty sure how it's going to turn out. we got to see if you can really up your game, and, and occasionally kids do and throw you a curveball. Or if you just really fall apart, you start throwing picks all over the place. I don't want to start you. I'll start the other guy. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. I, I, I really believe that going into these situations, Everybody has an idea, at least coaches, of what they want to do, what they would like to see happen. And but it's really good to keep that competitive that competitiveness flowing and kind of open it up and, and see what can happen because you just never know what happens during the summer. Uh, who's working the who's been working the hardest and who's who's made a big jump of of maybe something that they didn't see before um but I, I really believe there's always kind of a game plan going in and coaches just like to wait almost to the last minute a lot of times before they make an announcement but um it'll be interesting i think at byu i think they have three guys that are going to be very competitive uh two of them have had some quality playing time and uh, we'll just see what happens. So at Utah, they've got two guys, BYU's three. From a coaching perspective, what's the difference there and how you handle it? Well, I think when you have two, you're, you're a little closer to making that decision on who you want that quarterback to be. And so um, I think it might be a little, it's a little, probably a little tougher with three guys. You know, they're all fairly close in age. And so you want to, you got to figure out things on how to make everybody happy. Even with, even with Utah, if they have two guys up there, you do not want someone to say, well, I'm, you know, I'm not going to play here. I want to leave. And cause that's kind of what it's coming down to these days is everybody wants to play and nobody's really patient. And, um, so that makes it a tough situation as well. But I think both teams are probably in pretty good situations with with what they have and feel pretty good about it. 
A long time ago, when you were coaching, I heard a story about Ryan Hancock, and he came in third in a quarterback derby, and the other two guys were better. But the other two guys got hurt, and he had to go in at Hawaii, and I think the coaches, Lavelle and Norm, and possibly yourself, had pretty low expectations, and then he was great. And I heard a story about they got on the plane for the flight back, and the, and the players were going down the aisle, and, and the coaches were already seeding. And uh, Norm, I think, looked over at Lavelle and said, "Do you see that coming? And Lavelle, without even looking up, went, nope. And then he went back to practice, and Ryan was bouncing balls at guys' ankles and throwing them five feet over their heads at practice the next week. And they were like, well, it was just a one-off for whatever reason. He had the game of his life. But then he went out there on Saturday. And he was money again. And he actually played really well until he got his, uh, he hurt his knee against the Utes. How often are there these guys who you can't judge in practice? They need the adrenaline of getting chased. And especially with these quarterbacks who are more mobile and you don't want to get them hit in practice, you can't really see what they do until you put them in a game. Yeah, the, the one thing that's benefited that is the NCAA doesn't allow really two-a-days anymore. I mean, you don't practice as hard as you used to. You don't scrimmage as much as you used to. So that's kind of a benefit for hopefully hopefully keeping most everybody safe. But going back to the Ryan Hancock thing, it was funny. He would, even in games, he would throw five of the wildest balls. And then all of a sudden, he would throw this beautiful 70-yard in the air, perfect pass. And we're like, okay, <laughs> we're going to give this guy a chance. But the same thing happened with Brandon Dolman. Brandon Dolman, he he just he wasn't a great practice player, and this is early on in his career, so it was difficult to really play him because you kind of think that it's going to transgress over to the game, and then you got him in a game, and he was just a different guy, and he was he was the guy, and we really messed probably missed out on a solid year of being able to play that guy. And so, yeah, I mean, it, the, the the trouble with practice, you're always trying to protect, protect, protect. And a lot of these guys, they want they need to be tackled. They want the whistle to be blown because they're going to make plays out of nothing. And there's always a lot of frustration in practices because if you have referees, the whistle's blown early. And that's what you want to happen. But um, in, in games, a lot of times that defensive player can't make that play against the quarterback. So it's, it's, a, it's a tough thing to juggle right there. So how does that work for Conover? Because you already spoke to how Hall and uh, Romney have decent experience, real experience in real games, not just mop-up duty, but actual games in which it counted and starting but both started games, but Conover comes in with a big rep at a high school down there in the Phoenix area from a Chandler, which is a football powerhouse, but many guys into the NFL plays at a very high level, but yet he doesn't have any college experience. How can you evaluate that? Well, they're very well aware of Jacob's talent and his skill, and so he's he's going to be right in the mix of it. And so, yeah, you can look at the thing is, nobody's really had a full season with those other guys. They've had some playing experience, which is great, but they don't have – they haven't played like a full year where, like, this guy is our guy. So he's going to be right in the mix of it, and he's going to be uh, – he's going to have a great chance to uh, to play and, 
and see what he can do. So I'm curious how often, and you can't really get this out of coaches. Uh, maybe, maybe you can, but you got to be really careful. It's got to be private and off to the side, and even then you may not get it. But you can tell the truth now. How often did you pick the guy who wasn't the better guy, but he had more upside, and you're like, we're going to take some lumps, and the coach or the coaches are willing to lose some games, which can always be dangerous for employment, but they think there's upside down the road, so they'll pay you know short-term pain, long-term game. How often will you pick the guy who lost because he's got more upside? Um, you know, that's kind of – it's just a tough – it's just a tough situation. I, I think – I mean, what you think someone has upside is kind of your opinion. And uh, – so that, that still kind of makes it a tough situation. So I think when it's when it's a true battle and you want to see, you know, what's going to happen, who's who's going to make the difference, who's going to move the chains, and and that's the biggest thing. Uh, the the one thing I really like about Romney is that he does those things. I mean, he I don't know. I really don't know if he has the strongest arm of everybody or the best release or anything like that but I do know that he gets rid of the ball and he makes things happen he's not always throwing the ball downfield but he's done a great job when he's gone in there and so it's still a tough little situation to do sometimes it's getting guys into games and seeing what they can do in in, in games that that can make a difference but you you, kind of go back and forth I I would say it's probably a 50-50 thing the upside to the talent to, you know, what you feel. So interestingly, from Utah and BYU's perspective, the head coaches are coming from the defensive orientation, and their coordinators, Ludwig and A-Rod, have been doing this for a good long while. When it comes time to make a decision, who I mean, I realize the head coach is the bottom line, but how much is he taking the percentage of influence from those veteran coordinators since he's basically coming from the defensive perspective. Yeah, these coordinators, they, they've seen, they're with them every day. They're with, they're with them in practice, with them in films. And, and, and the head coaches have to give them a little leeway on, on, on the decisions they make. And um, I, would, I would say most of them, uh, if not all, we'll, we'll give that leeway to the, the coordinators, the quarterback coaches. will. If they're not the coordinator, the quarterback coaches will have some say. And, and that's what they talk about a lot in these meetings, in the offensive staff meetings. And even they'll, they'll sometimes get some feedback from the defensive side on who's the toughest to defend, who gives you a little bit more trouble. And so there's nothing wrong with getting – that those uh, help from other people. But the bottom line is, like you said, I think the coordinators will make the big decisions, and then the head coaches obviously will be like, yeah, let's just do that. Let's go with it. Going back to your playing days and then your coaching days, and I heard stories about you telling guys, ha, I went undefeated and got booed. Don't think you're special. Of course you're getting booed. <laughs> Have fans... Have fans lightened up in the stadium a little bit? Have expectations dropped a little for BYU quarterbacks? Is most of that happening on social media now? Or is it still as crazy in the stadium on game day as it was when you played and when you coached? 
I think it's still crazy. I mean, social media obviously has taken a lot away from all that kind of stuff, but everybody uh, wants a voice and they want to win and they want to see great play. They still want to three, see the 500 yards a game passing, the four touchdown passes, and that just doesn't happen that much anymore. And so, but it makes it fun. We have passionate fans and, you know, we just got to. They, they, the players just can't worry too much about that. They just got to do their thing and uh, and do the best they can. I remember you once told me, Rob, you said that when you got to college, you didn't even think about playing for a couple of years. And you <laughs> knew you were going to be, they even had some JV ball, I think, back in your day. And you were going to do that. And then after two years, you could think about competing for the job. And obviously, it's a whole lot different story, not just here at your level, at the collegiate level, but at the NFL level, which brings me to Zach Wilson, a guy you know very well and have seen play. So he's the second pick. Used to be those guys sat, but those high picks, they don't sit anymore. So with that in mind, what do you think he's facing with the Jets as it looks like presumably he's going to be the starter from day one? Yeah, well, first of all, um. Zach is Zach is going to be an exceptional NFL quarterback. I mean, he's really, really good. And you know, when you look at when you look at what he can do, it's not about like what he did during the season, although that's part of it. But they really vet these quarterbacks, especially if you're going to be top, taken in the top five. And the things that Zach can do are really special. Now, with that said, he's going to a team that hasn't been been very productive in the last 10, maybe 15 years. I don't know. And so it's um, he's not going into an easy situation. But I think from what I hear, they're <laughs> at least they say they're going to be very patient and not really think too much about this year and hopefully look into the future, like in the, like the year after, which really isn't a lot. But it's going to be – it's going to be – Tough. It's going to be a uh, a learning experience, and you just hope that they can give him enough protection to where he can do some things. But regardless of who you are, what you're doing, a rookie quarterback put into a situation to try to lead an NFL team to the playoffs, Super Bowl, what have you, it's very, very difficult. And uh, it's not going to be easy, but, you know, I, I think Zach is uh, – Zach's a very studious guy and, and, and knows what he's doing, so I think he, he's going to be okay. All right, before we let you go, Robbie, because I've known you a long time and I like you, <laughs> if you want to walk back that exceptional comment, I'm going to let you do it, but you know how no. the media is. You no. feed us exceptional. How are we not going to replay that a million times? Because that was an exceptional comment. That's why. <laughs> Don't walk it back. Up your game. Go, I'm going rookie of the year, Bosco. I'm upping it. That's where I'm at. Look at it. He could be. I mean, what, what's it? how many games did the Jets win last year? Two? Two, Two I think, yeah. <laughs> now they get to play his 17th game. He gets an extra chance. So if he okay, gets him to say, three, let's say he win five or six games. I mean, that's pretty good. You'd want you'd want to put your money in something and get that much of uh, that much of a payback, you know, from your uh, yeah. from that. So I mean, he, look at he 
he's going to be. I think he's going to do very well. I have no regret, no uh, no reason to think that he's going to. He's, he's not going to be a flop. I don't think. I mean, the guy's a very talented quarterback, and I think he's going to do very well as an NFL quarterback. It's just the time. Look at Steve Young. Steve Young went to Tampa Bay. Similar situation. Tampa Bay wasn't very good. And Steve wasn't very good for a few years, whatever it was. He went to the 49ers, played behind Montana for, what, six, seven, eight years? (laughs) Came in, and he was a great player. So it just makes a difference when you're not rushed into to doing something. So you but, want you want Steve to donate because that's your day gig now. So you didn't even bring up the USFL time. You just blew right through that. Steve doesn't want right you to mention. That. Yeah, he doesn't want you to like mention it. the LA Express. He's an NFL Hall of Famer. Come on. <laughs> yeah, really, man. What more do you want? That's right. Well, he got that throwback against Missouri in '83, and he didn't start in San Francisco until '92. So to your yeah. point, it was a process, a long one. But it paid it, off. It's a process. I mean, I don't care how talented you are, how good you are. It is a process in that at that level. Man, these guys are no joke. These guys are And um, you're just not going to... You're not going to go to the world somewhere. I can't know. I can't remember. To, 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 I don't know if won a Super Bowl. I'm sure I know that Tom Brady, but I can't remember <laughs> if that happened or not. Robbie, you're, bra- you're breaking up, Robbie. We're only catching a little bit of you here. In this- oh, sorry about that. I'm at the golf course right now. i got a tournament I'm playing. <laughs> you know, we actually, when we were deciding whether to book you, that was the one thing we worried. It was like, oh, he might be golfing on a Friday morning in the summer. There's a pretty good chance. Well, that's why I did the 731, because we tee off at There you go. All right, well, we'll let you go, Robbie. We appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. All right, thanks, guys. All right. Robbie Bosco, former BYU quarterback, exceptional, PK. Exceptional. Exceptional. I'm glad he's converted like myself. You, (laughs) man, you are a doubting DJ. I have doubted the Jets' ability to put a team around him since the second we found out it was going to be the Jets. I am am just looking forward to him for the next, what, 12 to 15 years. I think he's going to be really good. In all sincerity, I do. I think he's got it. I think he's got the moxie. He's an understated kid with a million-dollar smile and a baby face, and his mother does all the talking, but I think this kid is going to be really good. I could be wrong, but that's what I think. It's just that it's a team game, and you got to have the team around you, and I think Steve Young, if he were here, would say, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad I ended up in San Francisco. I had a lot of really good players around me. And you just you can't do your thing by yourself in football. You know, Joe Burrow, I think, is really talented. But he didn't line in front of him, and he got crushed. And he couldn't show what he can do. He's still talented. I still believe it. He did show what he can do. I'm not judging it on a rookie season. I'm judging it, as I said. Uh, Over the arc of a career. 12 to 15 years. Well, it's going to be a long time before this book's written. We're, we're, uh, <laughs> we're going to laugh about it forever. The throw. But seriously, when you can do that, and I get it's overplayed, and we've seen it five million times, and it's fun Second to Second greatest about. play in BYU athletics history. Right behind, behind Ainge. Ainge. Yeah, Ainge. <laughs> we can call it a play even, though. <laughs> but it's yes, still. I'm calling it a play. But it's still I've re- only seen it 5,000 times, so it's it, a play. It's remarkable that he could do that. I mean, there, it takes a lot of talent to do that, and I don't care that he practiced and there wasn't defense. That's still hard to do. 
All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Uh, more quarterback talk this morning. Dustin Smith, quarterback elite co-founder and coach now at Spanish Fork High School. He's going to join us coming up at 8.30, and we'll talk quarterback battles with him. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Number one. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. In the Zone Sports Network. The Top 1660 is back in the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1 30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another member of the Top 60 players in the state of Utah as we count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the Top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness right here on the Zone Sports Network. Ah, PK, there's some things I love about social media and some things I don't get. So one thing I don't get is, you put up a question of the day on Facebook, and and sometimes you'll put up multiple ones, there's different things going on, you see what people really want to weigh in on, and what really gets them going emotionally, and so I will put those to get more reaction during the show, I'll put those up on uh, Twitter, and on Twitter, people will just click that they like it. I mean, it's a question. Don't you just love all the moves the Jazz have made? Well, maybe you love them. And, and people do weigh in. You know, the people saying, yes, I love them. And a lot of people, we've had several yesterday, are like, I hated the favors move, but I've loved everything since then. You know, and so that's kind of where I expected to go. But some people just click on like. They really like the question. And uh, don't you love all those Jazz moves? That's like, it's buried on Twitter, right? There's so much stuff coming out. But people are going through their timeline and finding it and still liking it today, even though it was yesterday's question. Well, that's the thing about Twitter uh, that, as opposed to, say, like the text line, mm-hmm. is that, and Jake Scott pointed this out to me a couple of years back, uh, and it was astutely, I might add, that uh, w- like a text line is immediate. You have to be listening right mm-hmm. then and there, whereas Twitter and other forms of social media, you can get to it when you get to it. So that explains why people would get to it maybe later. Uh, they're not on Twitter as much as you or as much as whomever might be. Some yeah. people are on it constantly. Others just casually look at it from time to time, I guess. And and I do think that that was a slanted question, which I like to do. I like to draw <laughs> <You> emotion. <laughs> so rather than, you know, what do you think of, that doesn't really... Don't you um, just love? You're almost yeah. demanding them to love it. Well, yeah, that you're going to have a reaction to that question. And then, let's face it, I mean, we're in the business of reaction. We want to get people's emotions. Sports radio, that's to a large degree. So I, that's a slanted, loaded question. But it's done on purpose. With But you, you, you just can't go out there and put a question that doesn't have any semblance of truth. That's going to be exposed as a fraud. And I'm coming clean, so I'm trying to draw emotion out of people, so it's not like I'm hiding anything. But the Jazz have made a number of moves, and a lot of people like the moves. So there is semblance of truth, rather than what do you think about the Jazz moves. That's too neutral. I'm not a neutral guy. You're either going to be over here, or you're going to be over there. And... My job is you're going to either hate me or you're going to like me. And I don't care which one. It doesn't matter. 
And so well, I slant yeah. that question. So you're, I can see where you can just, by liking this question, that is in essence saying, yes, I do like the theme. So it's not, it's not just uh, a neutral response because the question isn't a neutral question. So if you're liking it, I don't like Twitter. I mean, I don't like stuff on Twitter, so I don't even really know what that's about. I don't do that stuff myself. But for people who do, I get the point. They are saying, yes, I do like, or in this case, love the moves that they made. Some people won't, or some people take it, wait, wait a second here, let's see. You know, what a whole gamut of emotions, but I can get why they would like it in this circumstance. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. So Kyle Whittingham said something Wednesday after the first practice, and I think it will probably get, well, <laughs> I think it will probably get followed up on, because I'm going to be up there today, I'm going to follow up on it, I'm going to ask him. It really caught your ear, PK, and we have to get to that next, but, man, coaches don't want to raise expectations. Why would he say something like this? Because he believes it? Because if he does, then that really raises the expectations. Yes. We'll get to that next. DJ and PK, stay with us.